All right, ready? Here, buckle up, all right? So, hey, before we, before we jump into this, a uh, couple of things. First of all, I have a really bad cold. I'm willing it away until Monday. On Monday, my whole face is gonna explode. I'm just telling you down here, um, the last services, uh, stuff has come out. I'm just, I hope you got your shots. Yeah, maybe. And I apologize in advance because you're probably going to need to clean your glasses. All right, so there's that. Um, uh, the second thing is, normally we try to go between an hour, an hour and 10 minutes for, for our weekend service. This one's going to go a little bit longer. And here's why. It's because this is my favorite thing to talk about. I've cut out two pages since last night and added 11 minutes. I don't know how it works. I'm going to talk really, really, really fast. Don't judge me, all right? So there's, there, there, there's that. The other thing is, is that, uh, hey, in a few months, we're going we're gonna to launch a Brighton campus uh, over in Brighton. We're trying to solidify a few things, and that's what groups are open uh, for you too. But here's the thing. Today is the one-year anniversary of launching our Longmont campus, and they are listening on la- online. So will you just list, uh, kind of give it up for up north in Longmont? Hi, Longmont. That's good. All right. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, so again, this is my favorite stuff to talk about. So again, buck, buck, buckle up. All right, so, so we're in week three of this operator series where we're speaking to, primarily to men, but also to anybody who's connected to one. Uh, you're dating one, you married one, you gave birth to one, you want to grow up and be one. That's you. All right, uh, uh, so young or old, married or single, we're just talking about men, what it means to be not just a male, but to be a, a good man according to God. Okay, not according to, you know, the latest whatever, according to God um, who created us and, and who somehow, that's what we looked at last week, somehow, and I don't know how he did this, but he, some, he like puts something inside of every person, like intuitively, and then just speaking to men, and you know exactly what, I talk, what I'm talking about, he says there's something inside of us that asks a question over and over and over, am I a good one, am I a good man? We've all, we've all done this. You know, from the time we were seven or eight years old trying to figure out how to be one, and now I'm 56, I'm still asking the same question. Am I a good man? Am I man enough, whatever? How do I know if I'm a good man? And then if I have questions about it, how do you get there from where you are? And that's where we're gonna end today, all right? But how, how do you get there? And so last week we spent most of our time looking at the problem, like what stands between us, like, like, like knowing and being really good men. And, and here's where we kind of, kind of landed, and this, this is our story, right? Is that something has happened in our life. It might have been in the last few years, it might have been decades ago, something happened and it changed us. And we, I, we can't even go back really and go, my fault, somebody else's fault, I don't have a lot of memories about it, whatever, but intentionally or unintentionally, right, looking back, we, we let go of something and picked up something else. And this is what we looked at last week is that, that we, we, we exchanged what God said is true about us as men and we picked up something else that, that wasn't true. We didn't mean to a lot of us, but that's just kind of what life handed to us. So, so, so last week where we left off was this, in order for anything to change, every person, and this is both men and women, okay, but every person has to have one of those, and we called it a, a, a look in the mirror moment, you know what I'm talking about, where you go in the bathroom and you close the door and you look in the mirror and go, dude, what's your deal? Like what's, get your stuff together, that, that moment, and then hopefully something happens and you go, all right, something's gotta change. Not overnight, but I, I need to step across the line and I need to start doing something different if anything is, is ever gonna be different in my life. By different, I mean better. And, and guys, we all want something better, right? We, as a man, as a, as a husband, as a boyfriend, as a father, as a son, as a friend, as a boss, as a coach, as whatever that is, the role we play in our life. And so that, that line that we step across and go, I want something better, that moment is called intent. And here's where we left off is that usually the thing that, that drives intent, that drives us and causes us to actually make some change in our life, it's usually one of three things or really a combination of a, uh, pain 
If your life hurts enough, you'll, you'll change. Um, desperation is like, oh, I can't lose another one. That can cause that. And the third one is hope for something better. And what I've found is that it's a, usually a combination of all three. Burnfield 911. Oh, uh, my brother is having great time in Okay, is anybody injured? Oh, uh, my brother, yes. Hey, in the meantime, can I get your name real quick? Alex Newell. I'm Alex Miller, 25 years old, born and raised in Broomfield, Colorado. Uh, went to Broomfield High School and went to Front Range Community College. So I have a brother named Kyle. Uh, he's three years older than me. We used to always just have a lot of fun together. I just knew something was wrong because I would always go over to like family friend's house and I'd be there for a long period of time because my parents were taking my brother to the doctors. My brother was seven years old when he got diagnosed with bipolar. His high school years was around the time when he was driving his RC car. That was one of his favorite things to do. And it broke, and he came in and just destroyed the house. I mean, cabinets are torn off the wall. Every piece of glass is broken. The couches are all cut up. All pictures are broken. All my parents' attention was just on him to make sure that he was doing okay. For me, it just made me feel like I wasn't important to them. And, and now looking back, I was just being a jerk to people because I was suffering. I was having a really rough time. I think there was a lot of times where I'd just bottle things up and I would just stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff. And then, you know, one time somebody would say the smallest little thing and it would just blow up. I woke up to my mom screaming, call 911. I knew something was way worse than a normal time. Like I've known her to be upset when my brother's having an episode. This was something totally different. And I finally find the house phone and I call 911. So what made you call? What did he do? I, I just woke up to my mom screaming because my brother has a knife and he's trying to cut himself. My mom was following after him, just trying to get him to stop cutting himself. I was on the phone with the police dispatch saying, hey, like, my brother is having great time in um, and as I'm on the phone with him, I hear my mom scream that he grabbed his airsoft gun. I tell the dispatch, Is there any way that you can let them know he's got the gun? He does still have the airsoft gun in his hand. It's not real. It's I not. know, I understand. Well, listen, the officers are trained in this type of thing. They're not going to go around shooting people, you right, know, right. okay? And so my brother takes off out of the house, and he's running. Um, and my mom's just chasing after him. And all I can hear is just all the cop cars just swarming in and all the ambulance and all that stuff. I think as far as they knew that it was a real gun. Don't know what's going on and then two minutes later I just hear My mom's friend ended up driving us down to Exempla. We sat there for like hours. I just remember like when they came in to tell us, I just broke out, just screaming, no, 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 like just couldn't be, like no, like how? After he passed away, it was just like, I needed to numb the pain somehow. So I was just drinking as much as possible, be smoking weed every day of my life and just trying to get out of my own head and try to forget what happened. 
it was like pretty much a big screw you to God. Yeah, I was feeling just depression, anger, sadness, bitterness, resentment. I was just mad at police and my hatred towards my parents for everything that had happened. I was overweight and I just felt like I needed to go make some kind of change. And for me that change was just going to the gym and making the choice to not drink. After I finally sobered up, I like was able to go have a relationship with my parents and I started to talk to them and my parents were just so worried about me and just, we already lost one son. Like we're not gonna lose our second son. If my brother was sitting right there, he would, he would, he would tell me that I'm his hero. He would tell me that it wasn't my fault, that he loves me, and I believe it. We can't let society take over our minds and let them change who we are inside of us. If that's the case, we might need to be thinking a little differently and changing our thoughts. I'm still continuing to work on my relationship with God, but I love God and I know that he's got nothing but good for me and he's got big plans for me. You know, right now I'm just, working towards the man that I want to be, but I'm, you know, I can say that I'm a lot stronger and a lot more loving and a lot more caring. I just really want to contribute to other people's lives and want to make a difference.
So Alex is one of our interns here. Um, as he's trying to pull his life back together physically and emotionally and spiritually, I said, Alex, you're gonna be here this weekend. He goes, no, I'm in California doing a Spartan race. So he's insane. Uh, I, I loved hearing Kyle on that video. Um, he's actually speaking at one of our youth retreats a few years ago. Did you hear what he said? If you let society try to change who you are, you have gotta change how you think. He's quoting Jesus. I don't know if he knows it, right? He's like, you have to rethink everything. And that's what we're here, here, here to do. Here's the other thing is that uh, the Miller family, uh, if you wanna hear more of their story, we did a podcast with them about a year ago on the Wake Up Call. So you can get on a, a podcast called Wake Up Call. It's a men's podcast here at Flatters and you can hear their whole story. Here's, they were here last night. They wanna make sure that everybody is very, very clear on this. They carry absolutely no anger or energy towards the police or to the dispatcher or to the operator, to all those people. As a matter of fact, the day after Kyle was shot, um, their first concern, and they start posting everywhere, is please pray for these these officers and for this dispatcher and for all that. This is not another one of those media stories. This is, this is a tragedy where everybody lost. Everybody lost. But please, please know is that, uh, that, that they, they are, they're, they've reached out and they, they've made peace with everybody involved. It's just, it's just really, really, really hard. Here's the last thing is that I, I picked that song out because there's a, there's, a, there's a few lines in there that just nail what we're talking about today. I love that. It says this, so my power's turned on. Starting right now, I'll be strong. And you know what that's called? Intent. It's 10, it's stepping across the line. Uh, it's, it's like from this point on, something like needs to change. Like in me, like I need to do something different. I need to step back into my power. The power that God meant for me to have that I either gave it away or I let somebody take it. And God meant for me to be a powerful uh, human being. All right, so, so here's what we're gonna do today. We, we, we all know what pain is like. We all experience that. And we all know what it, it feels like to be desperate. Today, all I wanna talk about is hope. I told you last week, we'll get to the good stuff. Today is the good stuff, all right? And, and we're gonna kind of, kind of push into this going, I promise you this, all right, is that we will figure out wh- who we are as men and why we're here, why we're breathing air, why God allowed us to be here. And when you leave here today, you're gonna be able to say it. I don't know if you're gonna believe it or not, but you're gonna be able to, 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 to say it, okay? So, so today is about hope, all right? So we're gonna get into this. According to God, and that's really, really important. Is that your opinion, Jim? No, I'm not this smart. I love this stuff though, all right? But, but we're gonna look at what and why and how we are, are, are here, okay? So, so um, where do we start? Well, every time you ask Jesus a question like this, he would always go back to the beginning. So that's what we're gonna do. So this past week, and I know everybody did it, uh, you had a homework assignment, read the first three chapters of the Bible. 
You all did it, I know, all right? But, uh, but even if you didn't, okay, here's the thing. The first three chapters of the Bible are all about creation. Time out, take a breath. Some of you go, I don't believe in creation, I believe in evolution. Well, good for you. Can you just take that right now and just put it over there? Whether it took six days or six gazillion, whatever that is, here's all we're trying to mine out of there. God did something. He said, that's mine, all right? So the question is, what did God do and what's his responsibility? And then he looks at us and he says, so man, this is what I'm telling you, you do. Here's, here's your responsibility. And ladies, let me just say this, all right? We're gonna talk, all this applies to, to ladies on, on, on truth level and you can do the math and you can apply it. But I'm gonna talk specifically to men. You're gonna get your series. Take a breath, throw us a bone, we're jacked up. Okay, that's all I'm asking, all right? So we are gonna go out there. But your series is, is coming. But if you read through those, <laughs> those three chapters, I gotta go so fast. All right, here we go. Right, so, so if you read through those three chapters, this, just kind of in thumbnails, here's what you would have found out. This is what God does. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He did that. You don't have to do that. He's got it covered, all right? So he did that. How did he do that? This is just crazy. God spoke and what wasn't in existence came into existence. He can do that. I can't. I can make stuff. I can't create anything. I can take stuff he already created and combine it and make brownies. I just can't speak in brownies then that'd be awesome, all right? <laughs> anyway, all right, so then, all right, so, so then God, I love this. This is just the first two, two verses. God moved and hovered over everything. And that Hebrew word for hovered is actually, it's, it's vibrated, energized. Here's what science says, people are much smarter than us, all right? They, they've actually kind of listened to the universe. There's a pulse. Did you know that? There's actually like a pulse to, to the universe. Everything is vibrating and going in waves. It's just it's like, so, so where'd that come from? I don't know, I'm gonna go with God. Anyway, all right, so how about this? So then how do you do it? God, God spoke and he created light. I don't know how to do that. And light always overcomes darkness. Now, I'm, I'm looking at all the stuff that God did, but gentlemen, please file this away because later we're gonna come back going, does that have implications for me? Yes, and you might wanna leave now because they're heavy, okay? So he did all that. Then This is so good. God named what he created and he defined it or he assigned it value. So he looked at it, he'd make it and create it and then he'd say, you're good. That's how much you're worth. You're, you're, you're good. So this is how God does everything, right? God speaks, then God acts, and then God moves. He does something. He rearranges stuff. He separates things so they could thrive. I'm gonna put that over here and that over here because the, it has the best, best chance of actually flourishing. That's important. Follow it away, all right? God, God spoke, and he caused things to grow. I, I don't know how it works. Maybe it wouldn't have grown, but God looked at it and went, grow. It's all right, yeah, all right, because he's God. That's important, man. Your words mean something. We're gonna come back to that, all right? God set, in, God set things in place, right, you're there, and then he put them into motion, and I don't know what would happen if he didn't do that, but he did that, and things started happening. God spoke, and God created every living creature according to their kind, and then he, he blessed them. That's a value statement again. So you go with that, and you go with that, and these need to stay on different continents, whatever that is, and then, then he looks at them, all right, and he assigns them and defines them as as good. Is everybody with me so far? That's three chapters in 90 seconds. Boom, you're welcome, all right? Um, and we gotta go, we gotta go fast, okay? Now we're gonna get into us, okay? Us, all right? So then God said, let us make man. And let's break that down, all right? So first of all, God said, let us, and the word us there is a plural form. So you go, well, how many gods are up there? One, all right? Let me explain. So a lot of times in the Bible, God will refer to himself in the plural for one of two reasons. Like royalty does that. We are not amused, that kind of thing, right? Or, um, but here's what, what I'm going with. It, God is Trinity. And I, I had a young lady ask me out in the, in, in the lobby earlier to explain the Trinity 
like, whoa, that's all above my pig, right? All right, um, let's as best I can go. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were all in existence and in community before God created anything. As a matter of fact, if you read the Bible, the last part of the Bible, we find out that God the Father actually created everything through Jesus and by Jesus, and it all holds together through Jesus. Anybody understand that? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just like, what I'm saying is, is that the, the, the whole, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're all involved in about what, what's to happen, okay? So this Trinitarian community called God, they, they make, and make is a singular, so they didn't act separately, they acted together and through one another. What did they make? Man, and man, we're not talking about men yet, we're talking about mankind. So God, the Trinity, right, made mankind in our right, our Trinitarian, in our image, and that's masculine word, and after our likeness, and that's a, that's a feminine word, okay? So what God is about to say is this. So he, he says, I'm gonna do something different. I love this stuff, you guys. I, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do something different than, than anything I've done in all my other acts of creation uh, up to this point. I'm gonna make something, or in this case, someone, all right? And, and, here's what, and here's what's different about them, all right? They are going to uniquely share me, I'm gonna share my, my image in them and my likeness in them. And there's nothing else in creation that's gonna share my image and likeness. Rocks, nope. Mountains, nope. Planets, nope. Animals, nope, all right? No, they're not gonna share me, just them. All right, and, and, and let me explain it. So last week, if you were, if you were here, and get back online and listen to it, um, but, but we looked at this little, little few verses in the Bible where this guy named Paul writes a letter that, that says this, is that, is that God actually claims this that he has, he has put inside every human being, and I don't know how he does this, but he's intuitively put inside every human being enough truth about himself, about his character, and about his power. Somehow he's put it internal that every human being has some awareness of God is kind of like this. And then he says, not only am I gonna do something inside of you, if you just look around at my universe, you'll be able to determine what is true and not true, what works and not and, and doesn't work. You can look around and you can feel spirituality in our universe. And we know, we know, we fix, we've done that, right? I mean, we've all looked at planets and mountains. We've all looked at the stars and went, it's, it's like other, right? It's like spiritual. We study chemistry and biology and physics. And, and, and we go, something's at work here. We just know. Right, and so, so, so much to the point that God says, listen, I put something inside of you, and if you just look around the universe, I'm gonna, I have put you enough truth in you, and this is between you and God, that nobody can say I didn't know. That's what he says. He's a fair God, he's a just God. He's not gonna you know, condemn you for stuff that you're not accountable for. I put something enough, enough in you, I can hold you accountable for that, whether you've heard of Jesus or not. I, I, I can hold you accountable for what, what is true. But now he's gonna do something different. Right? Actually, what he's gonna do is, is, is I'm gonna create mankind and I'm gonna share something myself on, on a different level. I'm, what, here's what I'm gonna, I'm gonna make some thing, someone and I'm gonna make him, ready? Kinda like me. And, I'm, and here's what, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell him to do things that are kind of like the things I do. I'm just gonna do it with him. It's the ultimate with God kind of life. It's different than anything else. I'm gonna make him kind of like me and he's gonna do stuff with me that usually only I could do, but I'm gonna do it with him. Like for example, God says, I'm, I'm, I'm God, I have dominion over everything and then he's about to look at this man and go, I'm, I'm gonna give you dominion over some of my kingdom, some of my, some of my, my world, my universe. You're, I'm entrusting it to you. What's that look like? Like this. 
Isn't this fun? Right. So, all right. So it says, and let them, and he's talking about mankind, so we're talking about men and women, all right? So let them have dominion. And dominion is simply like, let, let them rule like a good king over their, over their kingdom. Don't be afraid of that. He didn't say be a tyrant. He didn't say be a dictator. A good king looks over their, their kingdom, and we'll unpack that in a few minutes. But they're gonna have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, all right, God created mankind in his image, his own image, like, they're like me. In the image of God, he created him, specifically male and female, he created them. So in the rest of that chapter, God elaborates about, and I'm gonna do this and this and this and this and this, but here's the whole pattern, all right? It goes like this, God spoke, and then God saw, and then God gave, and then God blessed, and then God defines and gives value. And when he makes this man here, we're gonna look at it again in a second, he says, I'm gonna give you value, and it's different than what I valued everything else. Everything else is good, but he looks at this and he goes, you're, remember, very good, right? You're in a whole other category. Stars, pretty cool. They're good. You, very good. Why? Because you're like God. He's right in there. So if you look at chapter one of the Bible, as kind of like the, you look out the airplane, you look down and go, there's Colorado. Uh, chapter two is like we zoom down and look really, really close to what's really going on. And so it's a retelling of the same thing, but very, 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 uh, a lot of detail. So we're in, in Genesis chapter two now. We're flying. Then the Lord God formed the man, and this time masculine. So this is the male man. <laughs> That's funny. He's like, oh, the male man is here. All right, so the, I think it's funny. Shut up. Then the Lord God formed the man, the, the man who was male, uh, of, ready? All the ladies can go, yeah? Of dirt. <laughs> it's dirt man. All right, um, so the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground. This is so cool. And then, then God breathed into the man's nostrils the breath of life. And breath there is so great, all right? Breath, the, the, the word is actually pneuma, and it uh, can be translated pneuma or spirit. And pneuma is wind or, or breath. And, and that makes sense. Like, like right now, I can't breathe. I think I have pneumonia. It's the same word. All right, right? Or, or some of you like work power drills and they're air power drills, they're pneumatic, they're air power drills. It's the same word, all right? I'm gonna breathe my, my breath and it's gonna do something powerful and it's gonna change this dirt man into something else. And here's what happens. And the man made out of dirt, he became a living soul, creature, soul. And we, we studied this a few months ago. Soul is, um, it's the real you. It is not this. It's you, and you know what I mean? So my dad was a pastor, and I remember one time being at a funeral, and this is the best explanation I ever, ever heard of this. He says, it's like, I'm walking around, but all you can see is the glove, but my soul animates the glove. And then when I die, the soul goes somewhere else, and now laying there in that casket, and they all go, oh, the glove's really nice. But you know what, here's the truth, I'm not here. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody understands that, okay? And he says, listen, um, so your soul is you. It's, your, it's, it's who I really am. It's my, it's my being. It's my thoughts. It's all the things I'm holding on to and what I believe. But here's the thing. Is it's really, so great. The reason that, that he, he gave part of himself to you and made you a soul is because unlike all other creation, you can relate to and then respond to God, and the rest of the world can't. You're different. 
all right? You're different. God, God breathes his own breath into this man and, and, and he becomes a living soul. And again, this is, now listen, other animals and creatures on the planet, they're alive and they breathe. You're not like them. And here's what, you know, here's what the emails, I'm gonna save it, right? No, 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 no. So my dog is spiritual. My dog, okay, no, he's not. I was nervous, what, right? Like, like if, my cat, if my cat's not going to heaven, I don't wanna go to heaven. You're, I promise your cat is not going to heaven. Cats, I don't wanna go to heaven, has cats. That's just me. <laughs> I hate cats. Um, um, that's not in the Bible, I made that up. Um, Everybody have a sense of humor in today's world left? I don't know. Um, here's, what, here's what I mean by that. You're different. What do you, could you say, oh yeah. See, only, only image and likeness bearers, and I'm talking to likeness and image bearers, right? Only you contain God's breath. Right, listen, I love my dog, right? He's not like me, right? I contain the breath of God, which makes it possible for us to relate to and then respond to God. Only likeness and image bearers. And here's the other thing we learned earlier. Earlier, Only image and likeness bearers are qualified and commanded to have dominion, to co-rule with God. I've never taught that my whole life. I always taught the reason I exist on this planet is to serve the Lord, and that is true. But if you just read the first couple of chapters, he goes, do you want me to tell you how you're gonna serve me? You're gonna co-rule this with me. I don't need you, I could do it on my own, but I created you in my image, and I'm gonna empower, and I'm gonna entrust part of my, my kingdom to you. And I'm gonna hold you accountable for it. All right, unlike other creations. So, so what's that look like? Let's look at this, all right. So the Lord God took the man, it's the male man, there he is, all right. So the Lord God took the man, and put him in the, so this is important. Eve's not here. And that's gonna make so much sense next week, how important that is, okay? So the Lord God took the man and he put him in the Garden of Eden. Why'd he put him there? To work it and, and keep it. Now, just hold on to that, all right? So, so man, God created that man, but let's just bring it up to today right here, okay? God created you uniquely and then he put you wherever you are. Right, put him in a garden, but wherever you are, that's your garden, all right? He says, I'll put you in Colorado, and you have this in your life, you have her in your life, you have them in your life, whatever, that's your garden, and then he gave you a mission and a purpose and a responsibility. What am I supposed to do with that? How about this, work it, work it, and it's, this is, oh, so I first said, so the way, so all the visitors, the way that we take notes here at Flatirons, it's okay to do this, is you get your camera out and you take a picture of the screen. It's really important because there's a lot of homework, all right? And so, and even if, if you're like, uh, I'll remember, he won't. So ladies, just get your camera out, all right? Um, do, do him a favor and then you can send him to him later. All right, so anyway, so here's how we do it. We're, we're gonna work our garden actively, and the opposite of actively would be passively. And if you don't do this, nobody else is gonna do it. You can't hire somebody to do this. You can't ask the school to do this for you. You can't ask the church to do this for you. This is to you, okay? Actively make sure something good happens in your garden. What do you mean? I gotta provide whatever needs to be provided so that my garden flourishes, right? And, and here's some metaphors. It's like uh, if you're a farmer or a gardener, you, you work the soil, right? We know what it means. What it means is this, is that the soil, it's not bad soil, but I'm about to put seed into that soil. I need, to, I need to work that soil so that seed has the best chance to see a great harvest and, and return. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay the groundwork so whatever is planted in my garden 
flourishes, right? Or how about this? Um, artists, you get this, all right? Like you, you go to a museum or whatever that is, and you go, but that is a beautiful work of art. It didn't used to, but somebody worked hard on it. What do you mean? It means there was a big chunk of marble or a big chunk of mud or clay or paint or whatever that is, and they went to work on it. I remember one time uh, reading this, is that somebody asked Michelangelo after he carved the big statue of David, how did you do that? And he says, I just pictured David and then I chipped away everything that wasn't David. That's pretty good, right? He went to work on it and after a while, it was a work of beauty, of, of, of art. And here's the other part, when it comes to God, if we could see working, going to work as an act of worship, it changes everything. Because when God looks and he goes, this is who you are and this is why you're here, when we go and do that, it's actually saying, I'm, I'm, I trust you, it's an act of worship. Well, that changed the way you go to, the, to your, your work or to school tomorrow, because I'm talking, if you're 13, I'm talking to you too, you're going to school Monday, it's your job. So I'm gonna work it. Here's the other thing, is I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it, and I'll explain this. Actively, and so again, not passively, I can't do this from a couch, right? I can't do this from long distance. I have to, I have to be involved. Actively make sure nothing bad keeps this good thing for, from happening. I have to protect my garden, I, it's, and I have to do it carefully. I'm gonna carefully watch over my garden and everybody in there, it's my job. And I'm gonna be on guard. I'm not gonna be asleep at the wheel. I'm not gonna hire somebody else to do it. My job, to, to protect my, to, 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 to make sure it's, it's protected, to take care of it so that the desired outcome is achieved. And if anybody tries to take that away, they're gonna go through me. And we'll get to that in a minute. Now, here's really the only, I'm, I'm gonna make this part up, because you don't have to believe this. Here's, I think, the only rule God meant for us to ever live by. I, if we would've just gotten this one, we wouldn't need 10 commandments. We wouldn't need, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff. It's just, if you just do that, it just all gets better, all right? Here's the only thing I can find that God said. Now, Adam, here's the rules. It goes like this, all right? And the Lord God commanded the man, again, who's not here, the woman, all right? This is important next week, all right? And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden. In other words, hey, Adam, knock yourself out. Go, all right? But... Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and I'll come back to that in a minute, of that tree, you shall not eat. Why, Lord? For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So let's talk about this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, okay? Because over the last few years and centuries, it's just gotten weird. Like people have made stuff up about it, put stuff in the Bible, they never read it, but they just, I don't know what's in there. For, for example, um, what kind of tree was it? The word apple is not in there. No, 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 I read a Bible that says Eve ate the apple. No, you didn't read that. You read a bad translation or you read a story about the Bible, something like that. It's not an apple, all right? All right, and so this is not like the original Snow White plot. All right, it's not that, okay? So, um, so, so let's talk about this tree. So whether you believe, and don't get hung up on this. That's what I'm gonna ask, all right? Whether you believe it was a literal tree in a literal garden several thousand years ago in the Middle East, I'm gonna hang on to that because God can do anything you want, all right? But if you guys, I can't get there, okay? Here's the reality. The tree's not the problem. Trees aren't problems. Trees aren't bad. Trees aren't evil. It's an evil old tree. No, no, trees aren't evil. Trees are at best neutral. It's a tree. This tree came after me. No, it didn't, all right? No, no, it's just a tree. It's just a tree, okay? Now, so what's the problem? Okay, here's the problem, all right? What is it that a person who would go to that tree, what is it they're looking for at that tree? What has caught their eye in that tree 
You go, that looks good. And then I'm gonna reach out for that and I'm gonna take a bite of it and I believe it's gonna satisfy something. I see God over there, but that tree has caught my eye, right? So go with me on this. How about this? Eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is to reach out. And you know, I always said, Adam screwed it up for everybody. He's like, now listen, if I'd been there, I'd screwed it up for you too, all right? Because I did it several times this week, all right? But, but, but reaching out for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is, is reaching out for anything other than God. To say, I'm gonna trust that, him, her, it, whatever, and I'm gonna let that tell me, so I can be my source of what I'm gonna go to for what's true and what's a lie. This is, this is my source to tell me what's good and what's, what's evil, what's right and what's wrong. So I'm, I hear what you say, God. I'm gonna choose to reach out and I'm gonna pick and I'm gonna devour something different than what God says is right and true Believing it will satisfy something in me. I believe that tree can give me a better life than what God is either able to or willing to. Does that make sense? And we've done it, we do it all the time, right? Now, here's the thing, is I always rather when, well, God could have cleared this up. Just, why didn't he build a wall around the tree? And I wanna make a wall joke so bad here, but I'm not, okay, I'm not. But think of one. Okay, let's use the other. God could have put a fence. No, don't email, it's a joke. Lighten up, all right? Um, he, he, didn't, he didn't put a, he didn't, you know, he didn't do that. Why? Because if, if God is the only choice you have, he's not a choice, right? If, um, if, if, you, if you follow God because he's the only, well, he's the only option, then you, it's not optional. If God puts a gun to your head and says, you will do this and you won't do that, um, that wouldn't, you wouldn't need faith, you wouldn't need trust, um, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be free um, and, wouldn't, and love wouldn't have to be a part of it. As a matter of fact, I think if somebody puts that gun to your head and makes you do something, I think it's called slavery. And do you remember how you were created? God put something inside of you, like himself, that gives you the ability to have a, a relationship with him and out of that, to respond any way you want. He will never tie you up and say, you will do the right thing, mister. And sometimes we go, oh, but I just wish you would. You don't. You don't, he's not gonna like, you know, block you and go, you can't go in there. Yeah, you can. You just reach out and turn the, turn the doorknob. Here's the thing, it's the same, back in that garden, however long ago that was, it's happening right now all week long, all right? Um, here's God and here's a tree. And he says, you choose. And then he steps back and gives you the space to respond, right? And he doesn't force you. But here, here's the other thing. He, he's also very honest. He goes, let me just, full disclosure, I gotta tell you a couple things. One is, I created you. I know how you work best. I, I, prom I promise, if you'll just follow me, don't, don't look at that. Just, you'll just follow me and trust me. I promise, I can lead you to the life that I created you to actually love and, and enjoy and, and experience. But just like every other operator's manual, he'll also say this, but if you look at page two, um, there's a whole bunch of, if you, if you do something different than me, it will wound and, and be fatal and to, to you and everybody around you. If you choose to flip the lawnmower over and use it like a helicopter, bad stuff can happen. I gotta tell you that. And then we look back and go, I don't believe you. And we flip our lives over and and get mad when we, everything gets shredded, right? So that's all the teaching I have. Now, here's all the application for the rest of our time, all right? Um, two questions. So what did God do? What's his responsibility? What did God tell me to do? What's my responsibility as a man, all right? So we already looked at what you, the, the God part. This is who God is, and this is what he did. So here's what I want to spend the rest of our time. Get your phones out, all right? Um, so, so who am I, and what was I created to do? What did God tell me to do as a man? 
Got it? All right, so here it is. So men, if anybody asks you who you are, here's the first line. I'm an image bearer of God. You might be a lot of things. But uh, top of it, I am an image bearer of God. So, uh, so can you elaborate? Oh, yeah. All right, how about this? A man's responsibility is to live a life that correctly reflects the image of God. I wanna live my life so that what comes out of me is reflects, it's kind of like the character of God, the nature of God, the power of God. And we're not afraid of the power of God. We actually feel protected under the power of God. I wanna live my life in a way that reflects that. I wanna live my life in a way that reflects the blessing of God. And people around me, they get blessed like they would by God. Um, I wanna live my life empowering and defining and assigning value to everybody within my, my, my influence. I wanna assign them the value that agrees with how God values them. This is heavy, guys. Listen to this. You should be a reminder to everybody you come in contact with, this is what God is like. Isn't that scary? That's so heavy. Some of you going, I, I feel a little tightness in my chest. I know, that's because you're paying attention. So, so Friday, um, uh, the academy here at, at Flatlands, um, I, I was asked to go and, and uh, do the part of, uh, they had Dad's Day here. And so I, I had a room full of all these kindergarten through fourth graders, and then I had a bunch of dads and, and, and grandpas there too. And so these kids are so cute. They get up there, they sing their songs about, about what God's teaching them, and, and I'm, I wanna be truthful, and I wanna be helpful, and I wanna be humble, and I wanna be strong, and I wanna be this. And so at the end of it, I get up to close out the thing, and so I say, hey, hey, gentlemen, can I just talk to you for a second? Because these kids are running after something really, really good. But I'm gonna be honest with you, God's so big. I mean, I think that, I have two kindergartners in there. I think they're the smartest people ever, right? I, I do. Um, but to say, hey, this is God, they can't get it. And we can't. It's really hard for a first and second grader to get their arms around God. So here's the thing. As, as they're being taught, this is the goal, right? As they're being taught, you, we're gonna be kind and, and, and truthful. The rest of that sentence ought to be this. Wait, 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 like my dad? I wanna be loving and gentle and forgiving. Oh, my dad's that. And the room stops breathing. It's like, wow, that's precious. So uh, a buddy of mine, I went to the gym this morning with a buddy of mine who was here last night, and, and he and his wife were expecting their first baby, and they went out to dinner uh, last night, and so she asked him, she said, so what would our baby, <laughs> don't do this, right? what, what would our baby determine is true about God based on you? And you know what he said? God's an angry a-hole. It's a lot of pressure, isn't it? So I don't want them to look to me for the example of God. Too bad. It's called reality. I'm not gonna push in on that more in a minute. All right, how about this? <laughs> no, stop. A man, a man works best because we're masculine soul. Our, our, our soul works best when we pursue our responsibility. God has already pursued us. Our responsibility is to pursue living in a close relationship and responding to God. Our, our job is to live as close to God, a with God kind of life. We need to spend time with him because there's a bunch of people looking to us going, I'm gonna make my judgments about God based on, on you. We better know who he is. And we better be really, 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 really close, close to him. How about this? A man is created to have dominion. A man is created to co-rule with God. Now, we have jacked it up, but we were created to do this in a really good way, to co-rule with God over everything within his kingdom, within my kingdom. Everything, every person, every, everything I have influence over and the responsibility for that God has entrusted to me, 
to you to work and, and to keep. So th- this is controversial. Hey, men, so you're straight here. What did you just say, Jim? I said you're a king. Now, before anybody flips out going, oh, no, all right, right? Um, um, not in isolation. You work for the king of kings. It's all still his, all right? But he looks at you and goes, okay, I'm gonna give you a part. It's a risk. This whole creation thing is a risk, right? It could go horribly wrong or great, all right? But he says, okay, you work for me, but I'm empowering you to take care of that. What am I gonna do with that, Lord? You're gonna work it. I'm gonna work to provide the best soil, right? The best environment for those in my care and influence to have and experience all the blessings of God has for them, okay? Now, now think about this. So my, my kingdom, my garden, let me just go with my, it's my family, okay? So let's say, so my job is to lay the groundwork so my daughter Allie, when she was under my, my roof, so that she could be fruitful and multiply. Please hear this. We're not talking about having babies, Please don't reduce it to that. My, my daughter has so many gifts and talents and abilities that need to just be fruitful and multiply. God has a plan for her and my son and your daughter and your son. And my job as her dad is to lay the groundwork so that all that actually bears fruit. It might include a baby someday, three so far, but that's not what he's talking about. He's actually talking, about, I want her to be all that I, I, I've created her to be as a person. Well, what am I supposed to do? Work it. Hard, make that sure that ground, she has everything she needs, everything you can provide. How about this? Work as if everything that you do is a joyful expression of worship. Can you imagine if tomorrow you go off to work and you go, hey, I'm going off to do this because I, when I do that, then I'm able to bring back some stuff and I'm able to provide the groundwork for my family to, to prosper. That's, that's, that's pretty good vision. So what is it you do? I sell insurance or tires or software, but that's a means to an end. My life is not software and tires. I got this garden, and that's my end, right? That's it, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guard it. I'm gonna keep watching and protect those in my care from anything that would attempt to steal, kill, or destroy God's desired outcome for their life. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stand guard over my garden. Let's go back to my daughter, okay? My, my, my job is to make sure my daughter has everything that she needs to flourish in her life, and she is. She's doing great, all right? But here's the thing is, if I fall asleep at the wheel, let's go back to high school, there's some dude who wants to take her to prom and wants to take all that away from her. All right? Hear the context of this. Over my dead body. What, well, can you elaborate? Yeah, there's stuff worth going to jail for. All right? It's, it, why? Because it's my response. I'm not advocating violence. I kind of am, but I, I, anyway, all right? There are some times where you have to go, no, you have to go through me, right? And then, now, young ladies, listen, right? Wouldn't that be great if that was your dad? Even though you fought him every step of the way and told him he was stupid and get out of your way and you're ruining my life. No, you did that on your own, right? We're gonna talk more about that. How am I gonna do that? Where am I gonna get the strength? The strength to accomplish your mission? Men, daily continue to choose God as your tree. Metaphor, you with me? I'm gonna choose God as my source of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm gonna go to God to tell me what's true and not true. I'm gonna go to God to tell me what leads to life and what leads to death. So let me summarize this. I said you could have a very clear, concise, precise, be able to articulate mission and purpose for your life. Here it is, camera time, all right? Um, Sovereign God has created me in his image. He has. And he's entrusted me to co-rule with him over all the parts of his creation that he has put under my authority to provide and protect so that they may enjoy the good kind of life that God has in mind for them. And every man in here went, wow. 
That's a lot. I know. Let me just boil it down a little more concise. How about this? Sovereign God has commanded and empowered you to provide and protect all the parts of his kingdom that he has entrusted to you. That's why you breathe in air right now. You say, well, I'm 13. I know. You better pay attention to this. You're gonna be 25 in like five minutes. It's just true. So here's your homework, all right? Um, we're, I'm not gonna look at that clock. Who cares? Leave if you want. All right, so, all right. So men, what are the parts of your kingdom God has given to you? So I'm gonna go through some parts of it and then I'm gonna ask you a question that goes through it. And this is what you're gonna work through all week long. And then we're gonna come back in here and see how did that go off the rails, all right? So here we go. So the first part of your life, as all of us have, was we're spiritual beings, all right? We're spiritual. I mean, we are created in such a way that we can relate to and then respond to, to what God is teaching us. So here's my question, men, all right? And take a picture, all right, because I want you to think about this. So men, what are you doing to learn and pass on God's truth to those in your kingdom? In other words, what image of God are they seeing in you? Well, I don't want them to look, okay, sorry. They are. It's not are they. They are making judgments about God based on, on you. So, so what are you doing to make sure they're, they're getting the right image? Let me give you another one. How about physical, all right? Our physical lives. So here's the reality. Your spiritual life is always lived out through your physical life. And I'm gonna be really, really just blunt, okay? Who cares what you believe or what you feel in your heart if it doesn't make its way out? You follow me? Because out of the overflow of what's really going on in there, this, this makes a difference out, out, out there. So all your spirituality you can believe anything you want if it doesn't make a difference in the way you do this. So everything I do is through my eyes, it's through my, my voice, it's through my touch, it's, it's through my, 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 my hug, it's through my punch, whatever that is, my, all, who I am is lived out physically. So how about this? So based on the way that you choose to treat your body, time out, there's some stuff you know we didn't get a choice in. It happened, right? We didn't choose to be in a car wreck and end up in a wheelchair, but here we are. We didn't choose MS or cancer. We didn't choose a lot of the stuff that's happened to us physically, but now this is who we are, or this is what we have going on here. Now I have to make choices about this. It's called reality, right? So based on the way you choose to treat your body through what you put in it, food or drink, habits. I should have said addictions, I'm trying to be nice. The way you look at health, all right? Here's the question. What message are you intentionally or unintentionally communicating to those in your kingdom about what matters most. And I'm gonna get really, really blunt. Here's an example. Your grandpa died at 40 of a heart attack. Your dad died at 40 of a heart attack. You're sitting on the couch eating pie and Doritos and you're, you're, you're scheduled to die of a heart attack when you're 40. What are you communicating to your kid? Hey, you're gonna be on your own. You better get your crap together because I'm gonna be out of here in about three years. All right? So I don't, I don't mean to communicate that. Please listen to this. Who cares? Sorry, right? We, remember, we're kids. As kids, we take on messages, whether they're true or not. We take on messages, all right? So uh, look at this, all right? Relationships, all right? Um, relationships. So you were created to work and keep everything in your kingdom. So let me just ask this, all right? Based on, on, on your, I'm just talking to men, but ladies, it's you too. Based on your time, attention, and actions. I have this many minutes. I point minutes at this. I point attention to this. And I point dollars at this. So based on where you're pointing your life, what definition are you intentionally, or you gotta rethink it, unintentionally, communicating to those who have put their trust in, in you? What do, you, what do you mean? You tell your kids you're the most important person, that they're the most important part of your life, and you're never home. Whoa, 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 Jim. I'm out there working a lot of hours to make a lot of money so I can put another 2,000 square feet on. Okay, 
So your kids can be alone in a big house and there's nothing wrong with big houses unless you're not there with them. Because I know a lot of kids are growing up in huge houses and dad is nowhere to be found. You ask your kid, would you rather have 2,000 square feet more or dad? Well, I don't, I don't want them to think that. Okay, sorry. Right, it's just, it's just, it's just true. It's just, it's just true. So here's, a, all right, so here's, what, here's what every kid who's watching their mom or dad drink themselves to death. All right, you'll look back and go, baby, I love you. I'm just, I, I'm sorry about this, all right? Here's what they're hearing. I'm not worth them changing. No, you go, don't, get, don't get defensive. It's probably not true. But it's what your kid believes. And then they take on a bunch of value statements about that. And here's what a lot of our daughters do. They marry that because they've determined that's what I'm worth. It's not true. It's just a, am I connecting with anything? Yeah, everything's, yeah. All right, how about this? Um, and I'll put this in its own category. It could be in all the other sexuality. Sexuality will always be the number one target on a man's life. And it'll also be like, in poker, it's that tell. It will say, this is, this is what you're looking to to tell you what's right and wrong. So, um, I mean, here's the question that goes with that. How about this? Based on the sexual thoughts and behaviors that are being acted out in your life, again, whether you're 13 and in middle school or you're 113 and in your nursing home or in anywhere in between, okay? Based on what's going on in here, in here and dudes, we know what goes on in here, right? And then what's being acted out, and I'll say this, or what we would act out if we had a guarantee to not get caught. And everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, Based on that, who and what are you looking to for the knowledge of what is good and what is evil? Who's telling you, yeah, it's okay to do that? I mean, you can't do that. What's your tree? What's your tree? In, in sexuality, in here, and then with our, with our right, it's, it's to tell. It's, it's, this is who I'm going to, to tell me I'm all right. Let me give you one more. Oh, your job. So your job, and some of you go, oh, I don't have a job. So you go to school, you're a student, that's your job, all right? Well, you got kicked out of school. You got buddies? Work with me, all right? Um, so, so here's what I mean. What you do and who you do it with and, and how you do it. Whether you go to middle school or you go to you know, some big corporate office, all right? So here's my question. It's kind of like the first one. Based on how you treat those under your authority, kids on your team, students in your class, uh, employees, um, family, whatever that is, based on how you treat those or how you interact with those around you on a daily basis, at the cafeteria at school or on the ball field, whatever, if they were to build an idea about God based on you, on your image of him, what would they conclude is true about God? And you're saying, I don't want them to look at me and try to determine what God is like. Again, sorry, I don't want my kids to make determinations about God. Then don't have kids because this is life and this is what we do right or wrong. So I'm gonna stop, because <laughs> you aren't breathing anymore, right? So I want you to look at those areas of your life, and here's my last three questions, and then we're not gonna sing anymore. We're done. All right, I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna go have really weird conversations in the car. Right? Um, so here, I want you to look at your life, any of those. So what's going on right now in your life? You gotta start somewhere. And I say, let's start with reality. And you say, well, you know what? If my dad hadn't, well, I'm sorry, he did. Well, if my body would just, it, well, it's not yet. You know, she hadn't done that. I know, but she did, all right? And if things were different, they're not. They might be different someday, but right now, this is your life. And that's the only place to start. Everything else is just denial. So draw a line and go, this is my life, all right? So what, what's going on right now? And then think about one of those parts. What, if you had a vision, like, but if I could have that part of my life actually look like something good, 
what would it look like? And then what, a strategy. What, what, would, what would have to happen in my life for that to become a reality? I have to start doing this and we'd have to work on that and never do that again. And then this has to change. I'd do more of this, less of this, okay, all right. So here's the last one. So what, did you, what's your intent? What's your intent? What are you gonna do? And, and when will you start doing that? Well, all right, this is why nothing gets done. I'm gonna throw something out to you and then I'm gonna close the prayer. How about today? You don't have to get it all figured out today. You gotta draw a line in the sand and go today, something's gotta change. I'm gonna be a different 13 year old. I'm gonna be a different 24 year old. I'm gonna be a different boyfriend. I'm gonna be a different husband. I'm a different man, better. And I gotta figure this out. It starts today. Stand up, all our campuses, I'm gonna pray and, uh, and then go take cold medicine. Uh, <laughs> Lord, in the quiet, I don't know what the other campuses are like right now. This room is like quiet because we're all, we're not in some like hypothetical land. We're looking at our life and going, I want that. It's just overwhelming. But God, here's, here's what I know, or I believe. You said that you created us on purpose. We're not dirt. <laughs> we're kind of like you. And you've given us a job. It's kind of like your job. And you share it with us and you do it with us and you're not done with us. And we're holding on to lies. And, and today we're gonna let go of some lies and take hold of a truth, believing that you're the kind of God who actually keeps his word and will empower us to do what needs to be done. I can't promise God that all the marriages are gonna come back together or that we're all gonna get along or that other people are gonna forgive us. That's, I, I don't know about that. All I know is that something needs to change for the better and that is to let go of a lie and hold on to what you say is true. And so a lot of us right now, we're gonna take a first step in your direction and you'll meet us there and say, let's go. It's the kind of God you are, and I love you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.